Welcome to Vitalita Health. I'm Lisa Henderson, a registered dietitian nutritionist and a proud Gen Xer. If you're a Gen Xer, you've landed in the right place. I created this podcast specifically with you in mind to provide you with current high quality information about healthy aging and healthy living during this busy time in your life. In this show, we'll approach health from a whole person perspective and we'll discuss a variety of health topics from nutrition and exercise to managing stress and emotions to sleep, cognitive health, and beyond. We'll also discuss strategies for preventing or managing chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and obesity, just to name a few. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder to subscribe or follow this show so you don't miss an episode. Also, please rate, review, or share this podcast with friends or family who might benefit from it. As a registered dietitian, nutritionist, as well as an enthusiastic restaurant goer, I realized that it might be valuable for you to hear my nutrition tips and strategies for dining out. And there's a lot to cover with this topic, so I decided to dedicate two episodes to it. Today's episode and the second episode will be released in about a week. In these episodes, I will break down for you the most common pitfalls when dining out, tips to avoid them, and strategies for choosing better options, so you can enjoy the pleasures of dining out, while also keeping your body nourished and managing your weight effectively. I'm already sensing some skeptical eyebrows being raised. Are you one of those people? Does this sound impossible? It's really not. These are strategies that I use myself all the time. Put them into practice, make them a habit, and they will help you look and feel your best. Sound good? Let's get started. As I see it, the main pitfalls when dining out are extra large portions, especially of red meat, starchy foods, and desserts. Another pitfall is with beverages hidden sugar and calories in beverages, both in non-alcoholic and alcoholic drinks. Another pitfall is lack of balance in your meal. And the final major pitfall is arriving to the restaurant very hungry or ravenous. And this will make it much more likely that you're going to make poor choices for dinner. So today we're going to focus on talking about large portions and beverages, and then next week we'll talk in depth about the other pitfalls, about creating balance in your meal, and we'll also talk about the hunger scale, taming your hunger and how your level of hunger affects your choices. So let's start today with talking about large portion sizes of red meat, starchy foods, desserts, I'm going to break this down for you and let you know what a reasonable portion size is for these foods and give you strategies for enjoying these foods in moderation. So let's start with large portions of red meat or steak. So on the positive side, red meat is actually a great source of protein and iron, but you don't need very much. You don't need a very big portion size to meet your needs. 
On the negative side, red meat tends to be high in saturated fat, which in general is not as healthful as omega-3 fats that are found in some fish and seafood and plant foods, or monounsaturated fats that are found in plant-based foods. So grass-fed beef actually does have a better fat profile and even includes some omega-3 fats. You know, grass-fed beef does have saturated fat, but it does have a small amount of omega-3 fats. So in general, a better overall fat profile. So choose that as an option if it's on the menu. On the negative side for red meat, because red meat tends to be high in fat, it's also high in calories. So this is another reason to be careful about having too much so that you don't gain weight. Now, three to four ounces of meat is a reasonable portion size for a meal. That's about a quarter pound of meat. However, at restaurants, most steaks are 12 ounces or larger. And last week, I reviewed a restaurant that had a 48-ounce steak on the menu. Now, that actually could literally feed a family of 12. So that's way over the top for someone to have on their own. So my tip is order a juicy, high-quality 12-ounce steak, but share it with your dining partner or save half of it for leftovers. So let's talk about large portions of potatoes or other starchy foods like white rice, white bread, noodles, or pasta. So on the positive side, potatoes are a good source of nutrients. You know, they're a good source of potassium. And if you have a baked potato and you eat the skin, you're getting some fiber and some other nutrients with that. But potatoes and other starchy foods like rice and pasta are high in carbohydrates. Carbs are not bad, and our bodies definitely need carbohydrates to run effectively. But you want to opt for carbs that are whole grains or whole foods like vegetables or fruit. The starches I mentioned earlier, white rice, white bread, regular pasta or noodles, are not whole grain because they've been processed. And in doing so, some of their nutrients and most of their fiber has been stripped away. And for maintaining weight, fiber is really important because it helps create a feeling of fullness. And this will naturally help you stop eating at a certain point because it would just be uncomfortable to get overly full. However, because these starches are refined or processed and lacking most of the fiber that they normally would have, it's easy to eat a whole lot of white rice or regular pasta before you start to feel full. And that's the danger of these refined grains. Because they're lower in fiber, you eat more of them. And in doing so, you take in more calories and more carbohydrates than your body needs. So here are my tips for portion size for grains or starches. So if you're thinking about your plate and, you know, how much do you want to put on your plate, and we're talking about an average size 9-inch plate, you want to have for grains or starches, you can have that for about a quarter of your plate. So you want to portion out a quarter of your plate would be okay to be grains or starches. And then for rice, noodles, or pasta, um, you can think about it um, from a volume standpoint. So if you're having those foods, 
up to one cup cooked rice noodles or pasta is okay for a portion size. And, you know, you're thinking one cup is not very much, and you're right. It's not a lot. It's a lot less than a normal serving you'll get in a restaurant for those foods. So that's something to keep in mind when you're ordering and choosing starches and choosing how much to eat during your meal. Luckily, nowadays, when you go out to like a fast casual place, like a taco place, like Chipotle or a poke place, where they're making it custom for you as you go down the line, at these places, you can ask them to give you a smaller portion of grains. And I've noticed that at some poke places, you can order a half and half mix of brown rice or quinoa and greens. And that's a great option because it's better not to put too many starches or grains in your bowl to begin with. This way you don't have to think about it very much. And you get the super duper double score bonus points of getting some high nutrient greens in your meal as well. So that's a great option. Also, when you're out dining out, you want to order whole grains if possible in place of refined grains. So for rice, whole grain rice is brown rice, black rice, red rice, wild rice, um, basically any rice in place of white rice. Quinoa is also a good option. Quinoa is always whole grain, whether it's a white quinoa, a red quinoa, a black or a multicolored quinoa. Quinoa is always whole grain, so that's always a good choice. For bread, you want to order sprouted or whole wheat bread. And then for pasta, if you can, order whole wheat pasta. Now for potatoes, I favor roasted or steamed potatoes. You want to avoid, most of the time, fried potatoes or french fries or instant mashed potatoes. Another good option for the starches part of your meal would be winter squash. And winter squash is a starchy vegetable, but it's actually lower on the glycemic index than potatoes. So it won't raise your blood sugar as quickly as potatoes will. And winter squash is a great source of nutrients, of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. And some great varieties of winter squash are butternut squash, acorn squash, kabocha squash, pumpkin, all of those are great choices. And then other vegetables are always an option in place of starches. So you can always order an extra colorful veggie in place of a starchy food. That's always a good option. So let's talk about large portions and desserts. So my advice is most of the time, skip dessert. You've probably eaten more than enough already, even if you've followed my tips. You simply don't need to overstuff yourself with lots of sugar and empty calories. Go home and have a bite or two of dark chocolate instead, or some berries with a little spritz of Ready Whip. It'll satisfy your sweet tooth, avoid a blood sugar spike, and keep your waistline trim. I went to a nutrition conference in New York City two years ago, and I had an absolutely delicious dinner at a Mediterranean restaurant called Barbunya in the Gramercy neighborhood. I had a duck shawarma entree that was absolutely sublime and completely satisfying. 
And I wanted a bite of chocolate afterwards, but I thought, you know, the desserts don't look that amazing. I'm just going to go to the drugstore on my way back to my hotel as I'm walking back and buy a bar of dark chocolate. And that's what I did. And this was Manhattan, so the bar of chocolate was $5 rather than 2 or $3, but that's okay. Still less than half the price of a dessert. And more than that, I avoided eating all that extra sugar and calories that I just didn't need. So when you're dining out, this is my advice. Only have dessert occasionally. And only if you're not already pretty full. And only if there's something on the dessert menu that truly appeals to you and sounds amazing. So if the waiter lists off the desserts for the evening and you're kind of lukewarm on all of them, then don't have dessert. Save it for another day. Save it for the night you go out to that French restaurant where they have the amazing chocolate souffle. If you do decide to indulge in dessert, share it or eat just half of it and bring the other half home. Seriously, reducing the amount of sugar that you eat is one of the best things you can do for your body and your health. So with that in mind, let's now talk about sweet beverages, wine, beer, and cocktails when you're dining out. So when you go out to eat, beverages can contain a lot of hidden calories and sugar, both added sugar or natural sugar. So it's a great place to be mindful of to easily trim some empty calories from your meal. So alcoholic beverages. Here's a question for you. Does alcohol or carbohydrates contain more calories? Surprisingly, alcohol itself actually does contain calories. It has 7 calories per gram of alcohol. Interestingly, that's actually higher than the calories in carbohydrates, which have 4 calories per gram of carbohydrate. So even if you're having a shot of hard liquor, you're still getting calories with each drink. So something to keep in mind. Here are some examples of different types of drinks and how they measure up. And I used as my resource the USDA website called Food Data Central. So let's talk about wine first. So five ounces of red wine is about 125 calories and about one gram of sugar. So not so bad. Five ounces of white wine is around, on average, 148 calories and about two grams of sugar. So a little bit higher, but still not bad. 12 ounces of beer, which is like a can of beer. Uh, your typical lager beer, like a Budweiser or something like that, is going to be about 153 calories. A higher alcohol beer, something that has twice the alcohol, will tend to be around 206 calories on average. And then a light beer, uh, which has slightly less alcohol than regular beer, will have 103 calories on average. Let's talk about mixed drinks. And one of the classic mixed drinks, of course, is a martini. And nowadays, there's a variety of different martinis and flavored martinis around. So in general, on average, a flavored martini is going to have about 227 calories and 6 grams of sugar. A regular martini 
is actually going to be, I was surprised by this, 241 calories, however, less than a gram of sugar, so a lot less sugar than a flavored martini, but slightly more calories. The calories are mostly from the alcohol itself. There's more alcohol in a regular martini than in a flavored martini. How about distilled beverages? So I looked up on the average calories for like an 80 proof distilled beverage, like a gin, rum, vodka, or whiskey. A shot of one of those is about 97 calories and zero grams of sugar. So based on that, which drink is the best choice? Well, the best choice is still probably the one that you enjoy the most. However, it is good to be aware of what you're getting with that drink. How many calories, how much sugar is in that drink? So that way, at least you're armed with that information and can make the best choice for yourself. So which one do I think is the healthiest choice? Let's go back to red wine for a minute. There are polyphenols in red wine. There are antioxidants, quercetin and resveratrol. If you're going to have alcohol, and that being said, if you don't drink alcohol, don't start just because of this. But if you do drink alcohol, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy a glass of wine, the healthiest choice is a glass of red wine because of the antioxidants. Resveratrol and quercetin are antioxidants that can be beneficial for heart health. Limit it to one glass of wine with your meal, or if you're a larger guy, maybe up to two glasses of wine with your meal. Any more than that, the damaging effects of alcohol on your liver will tend to negate the health benefits. If you want more information on this topic, I wrote a blog on the health effects of red wine and alcohol, and you can find that on my website at vitalitahealth.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A health.com. And you can search red wine, or the name of the blog is called Red Wine, We or No. So for wine, my suggestion on portion size, order a smaller size if it's available at the restaurant. You know, sometimes you can go to a restaurant and they'll have smaller servings, like a 2.5 ounce or 3 ounce serving. Opt for that or share a nice glass of wine with your date. Another perk of that approach is because you're ordering less wine, you can afford a higher quality glass of wine something special that you can really savor and enjoy. Don't drink alcohol on an empty stomach. If you're going to have a drink, it's better to have it with your meal, not before your meal. You might consider even holding off on ordering a drink until just before your food comes. And also, if you have a blood sugar impairment like diabetes or prediabetes, be especially careful about drinking alcohol or sweet beverages. Now we're going to talk about non-alcoholic beverages. So in general, avoid or minimize sweet beverages like sodas, lemonade, sweetened tea, flavored coffee drinks, and juice. All of these beverages are going to add more calories and more sugar to your meal, which isn't good for managing your weight and also could cause a spike in blood sugar. Also, compared with food, which takes some time for you to chew, digest, and break down, beverages can be ingested and absorbed much more quickly into your bloodstream. 
So that's something to keep in mind when you're out and you're ordering a drink. If you do really want a sweet beverage, try to keep it under eight ounces and have it on a full stomach or with your meal. Because the protein, fat, and fiber in your meal will help balance out the sugars and that'll balance out the glycemic load of your meal. And that will help keep your blood sugar more balanced. That being said, it is important to stay hydrated, so you do want to drink something during your meal. And the best choices for beverages are water, sparkling water that doesn't have added sweetener, unsweetened tea or unsweetened coffee. Kombucha can also be a good option because of the probiotics, but make sure you're getting one from a source that you trust, that's fresh, high quality, and that doesn't have a lot of added sugar or juice. And regarding water, I do recommend that you have water without ice because ice cold water is not great for your digestion. And if you don't like the taste of water, ask for a slice of lemon or lime with it to give it a burst of fresh flavor. I hope you learned something new from this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star review. As a reminder, you can visit my website, vitalitahealth.com, that's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A, health.com, to listen directly to my podcast episodes, to read my blog on nutrition and health, and to learn more about me. In addition, I started a Facebook page for this podcast as a way to engage with my listeners and provide you with updates. So I encourage you to check that out and follow this page. Also, feel free to contact me directly at vitalitahealth at gmail.com. I hope you have an amazing week. See you right back here next week. This podcast discusses wellness strategies for health in an informational and educational manner only, with information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. This podcast is not intended to replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury. You should consult a physician or other trusted healthcare professional before adopting any of the suggestions in this podcast. Neither myself, Lisa Henderson, or Vita Lita Health accept any liability for any loss, damage, illness, or injury.